If you've got clients in the US, you do business with the US, you're a YouTuber perhaps, you've got money or income that you generate from the US, and you're not a US citizen, then you need to complete Form W-8 to comply with the IRS rules. You're listening to the I Hate Numbers podcast with Mahmood Reza. The I Hate Numbers podcast mission is to help your business survive and thrive by you better understanding and connecting with your numbers. Number loving care is what it's about. Tune in every week. Now here's your host, Mahmood Reza. Hi folks, my name is Mahmood. I'm an accountant of over 26 years who's been helping businesses of all sizes, shapes and complexities make profits, save tax, save time, improve their money mindset and have the business lifestyle they desire. Now in this short broadcast, I'm going to be talking about the who, the why and the how of compliance. I've got a worked example also that I'm going to be talking through of a completed form W8, what goes in there and the boxes we need to fill. Now, first question, who does the form W-8 apply to? Well, it applies to anyone who's not a US citizen who doesn't have a permanent establishment in the US. If you're an individual, you're a sole trader, you're a company or even a charity, then you must complete form W-8. Now, there are two main variations of the form W-8. They are, wait for it, W-8-BEN and a W-8-BEN-E. Don't tax authorities just love their reference numbers? Now, the first one, the one that I'm going to be talking through in this short podcast, is the W-8-BEN, which is aimed at individuals and sole traders. The other form that I mentioned, which I'm going to be talking about in next week's podcast, is the W-8-BEN-E. Now, critically, if you're an individual who has income from the US, and maybe whether that's pension income, royalties, whether you're self-employed, what we might call a sole trader, and you've got clients in the US and you haven't got an office, a fixed establishment there, then you need to complete the W-8-BEN form. Now, you might be asking yourself, why should you complete the form? Well, it's simple. If you don't complete the form, then your customer, your payer, will have to keep back 30% tax which is what's called withholding tax. That's a little bit of a financial ouch. Secondly, it's the law. Failure to do so means the IRS, which is the US equivalent of our HMRC in the UK, will get upset with the US company, which typically means fines, penalties, and a big slap on the wrist. So it's an obligation placed on the US payer. Now, in this podcast, I'm gonna focus on the W8 Ben, as I said, which is aimed for individuals and the self-employed. Next week, I'll look at the W-8 Ben-E form. That's a slightly wieldy document at 30 sections. It's heavier going compared to the W-8 Ben. Okay, let's dive in. Now, the form W-8 Ben is there to establish your status, whether you are, in fact, a non-US citizen and you've got income arriving from the US. Now, part one of the form relates to you as the individual, and establishing you as what's called the beneficial owner of that income. So do you have legal entitlement to that income? Is it yours? So typically they're going to ask for your name. Use the name as listed on your passport or your driving license. Do not use nicknames. Do not use abbreviations. And I suggest at the beginning you add a salutation. So if it is being completed for myself, it would be Mr. Mahmood Reza. Question two in part one. 
is talking about citizenship, which is effectively your tax residency. Now, if you're from England, Scotland, Ireland or Wales, your tax residency is designated as United Kingdom. Do not use abbreviations and United Kingdom is the designated residency that covers all those four countries. Number three, you list your normal residential address. Put down the full details, also include the postcode and make sure that the full name and details are provided with no abbreviations. If you are self-employed and you have a different trading address from your residential address, make sure you note that as well. So far, so good. Now we come to what's called the killer question that typically a lot of individuals find. Now, I'm talking about the form from a UK perspective. This W8BEN form, by the way, is given to any non-US citizen. So you, wherever you are in the world, if you've got income from the US, this form will be completed is the same. And I'm obviously using UK credentials. Now, the killer, the one that causes a problem, is what they refer to as the TIN, the T-I-N. This is the tax identification number. Now, in the UK, we're not used to this language of a TIN. A TIN is not actually normally given to us on our passports, our driving license and documentation, but effectively, it is one of two numbers. Now, the TIN, as I'm going to explain to you, is recognised by the OECD, and it is as follows. It's either your national insurance number or it is your UTR, which stands for Unique Tax Reference. Now, if you're not a sole trader and you've got income in the United States, perhaps you've got some pension income, perhaps you're earning royalties, perhaps you've got some rental property, and you're not a US citizen, then use your national insurance number. If you are registered self-employed in the United Kingdom and you've got clients in the US, then I would suggest you put your UTR in, your unique 10-digit tax reference. So national insurance number for the self-employed, not, and the 10-digit tax reference if you're self-employed. Does it make a lot of difference if you use a different one? Not necessarily, but my recommendation would be national insurance number or UTR. Now, as we proceed on with the full, it will ask you for the date of birth. Seems quite straightforward, but be very careful and make sure you adopt the US notation for date of birth. Typically month, first, then day of the month, and then year, given as four digit. Quite easy to forget, and we use the UK format. Again, if you do that, the form will be wrong and it will be rejected. Use the US format. Now, we're nearly on a home stretch here, so let's talk about part three of the form. And this is, again, another head scratch situation, and we now go into what we call tax treaties. Now, let me take a slight pause from Form W8, and let me just briefly explain what tax treaties are, what the relevance are. Now, every single country in the world, if you imagine this idea, we may be resident in one country for tax purposes, but we may have income arising in another country. So countries agree with each other how they're going to treat that income that arising for a non-resident, who gets first dibs, what tax rate will be applied, and if it's going to be taxed in the country in which the income is generated. Now, we're going to focus on the US-UK treaty, but if you feel suitably inclined, you'll find that the UK has many, many, many treaties pretty much everywhere in the world. The two governments, the two tax authorities will agree with each other. We're focusing on the US-UK tax treaty. If you're a non-US resident, who's got income from the US, then you need to refer to your own country's tax treaty with the United States. Now, the purpose, as I said, is how to tax non-residents, non-tax residents, who gets taxing rights, what rates apply, and how it's dealt with. Now, within the tax treaty, 
you've got types of income referenced, and they, they're under the heading of what are called articles. So, for example, if you've got a property in the United States, that property income comes under Article 6. If you've got business clients in the US, those business profits come under Article 7. If you generate dividends in the US, maybe you're an investor, maybe you've got a pension scheme out there, dividends will come under Article 10. If you've got royalties, generating perhaps from a YouTuber situation, perhaps you've got music that's been sold in there, that would come under Article 12. Now, if you're not quite sure what applies, if you're not quite ready to read the tax treaty, make sure you speak to your accountant, speak to your advisor, or by all means, guys, fix up a time to chat with us and we'll guide you through it. Now, within the form, the IRS expects you to quote the articles and the income you're referring to. So if you have business profits, you have perhaps royalties as well, you're going to quote respectfully Article 7 and Article 12 it would have been really flash, add paragraph one. Question 10 on the form asks you for the rate of withholding tax. So if you're a UK tax resident, then the withholding rate you want applied to your business profits, for example, is zero. Remember, this form will be given to your payer, not the IRS, and they will use that to decide what level, what amount of tax they're going to withhold from you accordingly. Lastly, we come down to the signature box. Print your name. Date the form. Use the US format, remember. If you're completing this form on behalf of somebody else, then make sure you note that accordingly. So folks, I hope you found this useful. It might sound a bit daunting, but remember, it's absolutely a critical issue that if you do business with the US, you've got to complete the form accordingly. It's now a mandatory requirement, certainly from YouTube, from Google, that you've got to complete this one. If you don't complete it, you will have 30% tax stopped at source which is not what we want. Remember, you still have to report this and account for it in the UK, but we're talking about preventing withholding tax being levied in the US. Now, I hope you found this useful. Next week, we're going to look at the company format, the company form. We're going to drill down there. If you fancy having a look at a visual, what this form looks like, check out the website. It's in the show notes there. And I've got a video recorded with a visual representation of the completed form W-8Ben. I'd love it if you could subscribe to this podcast. I'd even love it even more if you could share some comments. If there's things you want covered on future podcast shows, drop me a comment accordingly. Thank you very much for your company, folks. Until next week, over and out. We hope you enjoyed this episode and appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. We hope you got some value. If you did, then we'd love it if you shared the episode. We look forward to you joining us next week for another I Hate Numbers episode. 